What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to the Four Sideball Podcast. You're tuning in with your boy Rich, and I'm here with my buddies Tom and JD, and we're about to get this thing started. Let's go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a brand new episode for everybody. We're at 169. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing good, Rich. How you doing? Doing great, man. Like I said before, man, this is the 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 make or break uh, off season for us. So we got a lot of work to do, man. How's everything on your end? Uh, just about the same, you know. You know, I, I'm hearing these. I keep hearing these rumors getting louder about a uh, about a potential Devonte Adams trade. Um, yep. And and yeah, you know, it it, it sauce is uh sauce is playing GM right now, so he's trying to get guys to come to the Jets. And uh, he, he, you know, he's saying that Aaron Rodgers has big things in store next year. So I guess we'll uh, we'll find out. But uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's uh, it's our time right now. Oh yeah, definitely going to be uh, worth watching. Hopefully, this one should be getting spicy anytime soon. Right now. Yeah, and and you know now is now is the time where you know franchise tags start coming. You start to see who's who's going to be tagged, who's not going to be tagged, who's going to go to free agency, and then. You know, I think in a, I don't know when it starts, March 15th or something like that. The floodgates start to start to open. Yeah, man. I mean, since we're talking about NFL, let's get right into it, man. NFL offseason, I mean, like you mentioned before, people get tagged or not tagged. Uh, a lot of running backs on the market. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if uh, who gets tagged and who doesn't. Uh, mm-hmm. I, still, I still don't think the Giants are going to tag Saquon, but honestly, I feel like he's going to get more out there on the market. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a uh, running back market is tough, man. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's, you know, they, they're not getting big contracts. So it's almost like the way the, the way the running back position is going is that, you know, you draft them, you get the guaranteed money, you know, based on your draft position, you maybe get that, that fifth year option. And then it's like a franchise tag. And, and now you're already at like six years. Right. So like, average span of a lifespan of a running back is I think three and a half years. So, you know, if you make it to that point, like a Saquon or a Derrick Henry, then you can get that, you know, that contract, but it, it's, it's almost like it's a, it's a two or a three year deal at the most. Um, so I'm not sure how much Saquon can, will get. Um, he, he Maybe he gets a two year, $18 million deal, something like that. I don't know, maybe two year, 24 million, some, somewhere in that range. I think the the running back tag this year is around twelve million. So it's just it's, yeah. it's a really it's a really kind of a really uh, and we talked about this before. Running backs get get a really raw deal because uh, uh, they get they get beaten up uh, quite a bit and and uh, lose value quickly or are devalued quickly um, in this uh, day and age. Yeah, for him, his his uh his tag would be about twelve. So yeah. He would be a, like a two for 24, two for 25, somewhere around there. Um, but for some of the other running backs, it's going to be a little bit more because uh, the way they set it up is that the tag is going to be um, 20% more than whatever they were making. So players like Henry probably looking at, at like 14, 15. And then uh, I think the, I think it's the same for like Eckler and uh, some of the other ones. So Yeah, um, but those, guys, those guys aren't going to get tagged, but, right? Like Henry's a free agent. Eckler... Um, he's either staying in, in Los Angeles or he'll get cut and become a free agent. So those guys aren't aren't necessarily getting getting tagged either. That's that's kind of the problem. It's like after the after you sign your deal, 
you know, your two or three year deal when that's up, like essentially you're either cut or, you know, you're not getting tagged. So you're not going to see that $15 million, $16 million uh, contract. Saquon might be one of the cheaper options. Uh, oh yeah. Because yeah. of his previous salary. So do, do you, so do you think the giants end up tagging him or? Honestly, I think, uh, I don't know, man. I, Saquon says he wants to be a giant forever, but uh, I feel like the giants really don't care if he stays or goes. I don't know if they want to tag him and give him that money again, mm-hmm. but just because the situation with uh, Daniel Jones. But I mean, honestly, I would like to see Saquon go somewhere where he's going to get into the playoffs and, you know, get his just due as, uh, you know, being one of those top running backs in the league. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a mind versus heart thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll definitely look forward to seeing what happens. But like I said, for the Giants, even if they do tag them, I mean, there's so much more we need help with that. It's just going to be a repeat season. Mm-hmm. I would like to see you guys get Adams, though. That'd be pretty uh, a nice little offense. It would be, yeah. It'd be something. Yeah, they, they obviously need another receiver uh, uh, to go with uh, Garrett Wilson. Um, prefer, you know, more of a, a season-type guy uh, myself than, than a rookie. But, you know, I think you take what you get. Yeah, I would like to see you guys get a tight end, too. You just got to get a, ba- uh, a better backup quarterback just in case stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I, I like the tight ends. They, I, you know, I thought Conklin played well. Um, they don't really have, like, I think Rucker was going to be, like, that passing, pat, more pass-catching tight end. Um, and Uzoma, I'm guessing, is going get, to get released or, if not released, is, you know, his his snaps went down uh, as the year went on. So, I you know, I don't I don't mind where they're at with tight end. But, yeah, they – Definitely need a, a backup quarterback um, option ready to go. It's going to be interesting to watch to see if uh, well you get a healthy Rodgers in that division. Because um, mm-hmm. what we were supposed to see, what we're going to probably see next year is what we thought we were going to see this year uh, if it wasn't for the injury. So. Yep. And then outside of that, I mean, we got the combine starting on the 26th. So that's a few days away. Definitely looking forward to that. Uh, I, know, I know you hate some of the, the uh, uh, hype about it due to the measurements, <laughs> but uh, I like to see the, the some of the players go out there and compete, whether it be the top first-rounders, you know, showing up and uh, th- them putting up those numbers that what we saw, matches what we saw on, on film. And I, I don't want to see some of these quarterbacks, man. Yeah, I, I don't I don't hate the combine. I just think that sometimes too much is put into, um, you know, what these – what too much into the measurements and not enough of, like, on the field – you know, eyeballs type stuff, like a guy that doesn't have like a motor on the field, but, you know, he's trying out for, you know, 20 seconds here, 10 seconds there. And, and it looks, um, you know, incredibly athletic. It, like it kind of like reminds me of Chase Young, right? Like a guy who's like crazy athletic, but sometimes on the field, he's like, yeah, I don't really care. Um, like the, the go to the Jameer Gibbs touchdown in the playoffs, like, eh, well, you know, um, I, I gave up. He, he's He's gone kind of thing uh, which you can't measure at, at the combine and they i know they try to do it in in interviews and things like that but you can just you know you, you still need to have that that kind of that eyeball test yeah i think i think the, the the thing for me is that i think i like the combine because i think it it's supposed to be supporting like documentation so to say for what yeah. you see on film but uh it seems like a lot of people see this as more of the above feature so to say for compared to the film but yeah it should be reversed um, yeah i think that i think too many people go the other way where they're like oh you know a guy like anthony richardson can 
jump to the roof. He's fast. He can do this. And, you know, maybe maybe we can teach him how to pass the ball. Right. And and maybe you can. I, I don't know. But some some I feel like some things they're just like it's like it was always like the the NBA guys. Where they could like they could jump through the roof. They could, you know, dunk and all that. But but they really just don't have any basketball sense. Um, Tyrus Thomas comes to comes to mind from LSU years ago with, with the Bulls. The guy was like an athletic freak. He was just so much like more athletic than everyone in college that he was like just dominating. Uh, he got to the NBA and, you know, you're now not the biggest guy on the court or the most athletic guy on the court. And if you don't know how to play basketball, um, you get exposed quickly. And, and that's what happened to him. Yeah. I mean, we see that in NFL, too. I mean, uh, yeah, they, they thought uh, Walker would be the, um, the guy from Georgia who uh, went went on uh, oh, yeah. one over um, Hutchison, which was a yeah. uh, kind of mind boggling. We we be like, what's going on here? Because he had a freakish uh, output at the combine, and people just yeah. thought he would be just amazing. But some, that really doesn't translate. The only person I really think that really translate like that on defensive ends probably Julius Peppers. But everybody else is just like they don't have high motors. Like Hutchison didn't yeah. have the, the fastest forty time, but I mean, what we see on film is just his relentless pursuit to try to get the quarterback, and that shows, and it translates at the next level. So exactly. I mean, hopefully we'll. The main thing I really want to also see is uh is this uh, Justin Fields trade, man. I would love <laughs> to see him in Atlanta, man. I think you and Justin Fields can't wait to to for this uh uh for this trade or non trade to happen. Yeah, man, that's a bunch of load of crap talking about. I, I unfollowed the Bears because I just didn't want to see it on my timeline. <laughs> What is he supposed to say? I guess he's supposed to say that, man. But but that's the thing. If if you know they're going to say that, don't even do it, man. Because he yeah. turned around and followed freaking three players from the damn Falcons. So that doesn't make yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if he had just unfollowed the Bears and that was it, and the NFL and that was it, then, okay, now you can say that. But when you, yeah, when you start to follow, you know, all these guys from the Falcons, it's like, all right, bro, like, now you're just lying to us. Yeah, I'm sure there's some uh, behind-the-scenes stuff going on where he's probably going to go there. They're probably going to be offering a better deal compared to uh, the Steelers. Um, even if uh, even if they offer the, the same thing, a two and a three or two and a four, their picks are higher than the Steelers, so I'm sure they're going to roll with that. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a, they, they, could, they could win that division if he goes there, but they do need they, another receiver. They, they could. Um, and, and, you know, the latest, the latest rumor uh, with uh, – Steelers is Russell Wilson to the Steelers. I think he's minus two fifty right now on the Vegas sports book to be the next Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback. I don't know. I don't know if I can see that, man. <laughs> I actually think it's probably a pretty good fit with uh with Mike Tomlin. It could be, man. I don't know, man. Russell I think Russell's done, man. I think he's cooked. He he, he might be. You're gonna have to wait and see. I'm sure somebody's gonna give him a chance, so Yeah. But I mean for either of these teams to get a, a another another quarterback is gonna do a lot for them. Both of them probably could get in the playoffs with a better quarterback, even though the Steelers uh, were right there. So it's going to be interesting to watch. The, the NFL, the NFL's offseason is always uh, spicy. So it is, it is. And then uh, on to the NBA. We had uh, NBA All Star Weekend this past weekend. Games are going to pretty much resume on Thursday, uh, Friday night. We had the uh, like the it's like the rookie slash you know sophomores type of games. Um, didn't really check that out too much. Was really mm-hmm. interested in that. I did check out the celebrity game just to see. Uh, I wanted to see CJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he don't got it no more, man. He has some all right, all, all right plays, but uh, your boy Michael was out there just bullying people, man. <laughs> Ultimately, it was fun to watch. Uh, they, they, did, yeah. they did they did a bunch of innovative stuff 
to look like try to spice up the game where they had like for cert for a minute and a half or like, or like two minutes points counted as double um they had a four point line um, then they had a they had one point where the three point line was moving back and forth which was kind of funny um well to me it, was, it wasn't bad man it was one of the more watchable all-star game like celebrity all-star games in a while so yeah yeah it was do you think and i was talking about this with someone on friday night but like with this new led court that they they kind of uh threw out there this past weekend do you think that at some point they start throwing like a four-point shot up mm, like in a real game or just a yeah game? like like in a, in a real game maybe maybe not in the playoffs maybe just regular season but like do you ever do you see a time where they're just like and maybe like it's it's dependent on if a game's a blowout and they want to try to get close or like you know towards the end of the game and and you know give because they've talked about it before right like putting a four point line somewhere for guys to just you know maybe it's half court or, or whatever but I don't know I was just like are are they trying to like work in a a four point shot a five point shot something like this hmm. I mean. I, I, I mean, I could probably see them doing that for like a the end season tournament for mm-hmm. like a round or something. Mm-hmm. But but that's the thing. It's also I feel like there's also a bunch of bad side effects to it because now you got players just coming down the court shooting, chucking up oh, Steph yeah. Curry shots, and it might not be as uh, entertaining uh, compared to like you know somebody doing the dunk. Uh, well, the thing is, is that the the more they would do that, the more it's going to go away from the dunk. Right. So it's going to it's it's going to be to the point where kind of how it is now, where the dunk contest is irrelevant. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to be honest, like it, the the way the NBA is and the way, you know, with the analytics and all that, it's dunks and 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 three point shots. Right. I mean, that's pretty much it. The, the, the mid range game is all but disappeared at this point. So, um yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, and, and maybe if, if they start doing stuff like this, then dunks start to slowly go away because it makes more sense to shoot a four-pointer than a, than a dunk or something like that. So um, I, I don't I don't think the dunk will ever go away completely, but but uh, but yeah, no, you're you're right on that. Yeah, so I wouldn't. I, I'm sure it'll be fun, but I think long term for the NBA, that wouldn't be a good sign. Um, yeah, it's just too much. Uh, because now everybody wants to be Steph Curry, but nobody's Steph Curry. Um, right. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to watch. But I, I do mm-hmm. like it for the All Star game. But they gotta figure out they gotta figure out something to entice these players to really want to play in the All Star game, and like care about it. Yeah, yeah. This one this one was all time bad on on uh, not caring. I did feel like a couple years ago they, they when they had it like towards the end of the, like you had to get to the certain number that people started trying towards the end but other than that yeah that yeah, this this one was was a, a, a just a total joke and you know you had larry bird coming out being like the next morning like we just can't have this anymore yeah and that's the thing it's just like they got to figure out i mean you can't really like pay them anymore i mean they already make so much money now but it has to be something i don't know i don't know if you want to try the baseball route where you get you know, home court in the finals or um, yeah. something, something like that. It has to be something that's going to get players excited to actually play, to go out there and play. Mm-hmm. And then after the celebrity game, I mean, Saturday night we had the other festivities. We had the uh, skills challenge. That that was kind of fun to watch. But I mean, I, I was, I was surprised they did the, you know, when they do the little bounce, little bounce uh, pass into the, the cylinder, mm-hmm. they, made, they made the hole so big. It's just like, there's no way to miss it. Yeah. So I thought that was funny. 
Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't watch a lot of that, but yeah, I, you know, I think I, I do love the half court shots at the end, and and uh, the bounce pass is always the tough one, or the one handed, they do the one handed bounce pass. So yeah, making that making that a little bit bigger is is uh, you know, taking taking away the difficulty level. Yeah, I see why they did that, and then uh, you know, they had the three point contest. This was one of the better ones. Everybody shot well. Um, you know, fortunately, your boy Dane took it home. I thought that was kind of I want to say cool, but for him to uh, win the three-point contest and then later to win the MVP, um, you know, he definitely was trying to make a, some kind of statement. But mm-hmm. uh, everybody everybody shot well. Mm-hmm. I mean, Steph Curry wasn't in there. I mean, if he was, he probably would have won it again because uh, yeah. they had the Steph Curry versus uh, Sabrina three-point contest. She shot well as well. Uh, she did. Shooting, shooting from the men's three-point line. She, she would have been... Uh, she would have knocked out some of those guys in that first round or tied tied some of them so in the second round so yeah i think they i think they should do this more but i think they're uh secretly trying to gear this up for uh when caitlin clark comes to the w wnba <laughs> yeah i i uh you know you had you still had like comments from kenny the jet that was like she should have shot from you know the the regular the women's three-point line even though she would have been in you know, she would have tied Dame's final, you know, the the final round, twenty six. So, you know, I I think that was kind of a kind of a stupid statement from Kenny the Jet. But yeah, she was she was impressive, not lacking in confidence. I think she drained her first seven threes and then kind of slowed down a little bit. But but yeah, I mean, again, going up against the 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 best shooter in the world, she held her own. But yeah, I, I could definitely see you know next year if Caitlin Clark uh, is is willing that that you know she'd have a a foe there in, in uh, Steph Curry waiting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if she's coming out this year, man. Um, I know. It's just too much money in uh, college right now. For, for, I know. You got to stay there as long as you can, man. They were showing, they were showing uh, some of the, the NFL players or uh, the college football players that are making uh, like NIL deals. Your boy Sanders was up there, like almost $5 million. Yeah, so um, Archie Manning was like at three and some change. And he's a freshman. That's crazy. Making three million dollars as a freshman. Mm-hmm. You didn't, Travis you didn't even start. Travis Hunter. Yeah, there, there, there's yeah, so much money. Oh my gosh, I'd be in so much trouble, man. <laughs> That's just that. those are the top, and there's a bunch of other players that are making at least six figures. So yeah. I mean, for you to be 18, 19, making six figures just for playing sports like basketball or football, I mean, crazy. That's the parents' dream right there. Yeah. Then we had the uh, the dunk contest. I mean, this was terrible, man. I ain't gonna lie, man. Not great. Not great. The fact that Mac is not even on the NBA roster, it just says a lot what the dunk contest is right now, man. Yeah, and, and you know, I kept thinking about this more, and and you know, they, obviously Jalen Brown, uh, I, I love, you know, I love what he does uh, in, in game dunks and things like that. I and, and maybe this is why LeBron has never done it is because. I just I'm not sure that they're very creative when it when you have to like sit down and figure out what kind of dunk you want to do. And at this point, like every dunk has been done. So now it's just like bringing out props and stuff like that. But I'm thinking now that like LeBron was just like, I can dunk really cool in game because I I don't have to think about it. I don't have to do anything crazy, but I'm not sure that he has like the Mac McClung creativity to to do that. And then we saw. Jalen Brown just absolutely struggled with that. Maybe this is for the best, and, and I don't I don't know what's left of the dunk contest. But I, I still thought Mac McClug was entertaining, and I, I actually thought that 
Um, Josh Toppin's second dunk in the first round there was pretty good too, and he kind of got he kind of got screwed. But um, yeah, I think I think Toppin they didn't really know who he was, so they weren't really there was no oh, cheering for him. It was definitely a J- put Jalen Brown, Mac McClung in the finals. Like that was the the that was the the uh, the mandate from the NBA to the judges. Oh yeah, man. That's what this, I, I think the stars can do it, but they just if if they're not as creative, they're gonna need to get with somebody that can help them on on that creative part. Um, you know, go out see Vince Carter, see what uh see if he, he has anything in his head that uh he might have been trying to do that he never got a chance to do or um yeah, yeah maybe I don't know, man. It's just I feel like it's just so much the scar. I feel like the stars have neglected it so much that. It's just just not what it was before. Even though back in the day there there always wasn't like it wasn't like there was four or five uh, NBA stars, but there was definitely half of them um, were were like the NBA stars of the NBA. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna have to wait and see for another another year to see what, if they can figure it out. Yeah, the MLB. Yeah, MLB. The just pitchers and catchers started reporting. I just realized today the first game is March twentieth in South Korea. Um, same day as March Madness, probably not the MLB's best, uh, timing. Um, oh no. No one ever said they were good with that, but, but yeah, uh, MLB will be coming, coming here hot and heavy, uh, shortly. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see, um, MLB always going to come down to who, who, who starts off hot and, uh, who can, uh, get hot come playoff time. Right. So, and then, uh, we had PGA, we had the, uh, the Guinness open, um, Genesis, Genesis open. I keep saying Guinness. Um, uh, Matsuyama, that's the name, right? Yeah, Hideki. Yep. Yep. Took it down. I don't know nothing about this guy, man. You got you to school me <laughs> yeah. on that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so, yeah, Matsuyama from Japan. So, he's this is his ninth PGA Tour win. So, he just uh, he took over the uh, the record from KJ Choi for most by an Asian born player. Matsuyama won the Masters, I think it was 2019. He had the caddy that bowed to the to the course after he, uh, you know, famously like took the flag off the the 18th stick and uh, and took a bow to the course. Masayama is a, a really good iron player. You know, I think even after he shot he shot 62 on Sunday, uh, won off the uh, the uh, course record and basically told Amanda Balionis at the end that was like, you know, I, I didn't think I hit the ball that well today. Probably should have shot three over, and he shot, you know, ten under. So he's he's a pretty humble dude. Uh, always, you know, trying to get better. Uh, he's just always. I always feel like he's a guy that's um, probably often overlooked because he's just very, you know, I think quiet, consistent, and and yeah, uh, definitely has that ability to to win these big tournaments. So um, good good win for him. And then yeah, then this week. Uh, well, also last week we had a couple of a uh, couple of uh, weird uh, things happen. Obviously, we had the return of Tiger Woods on Thursday. I thought he looked okay. Drove the ball pretty well. Uh, he had a shank on 18, uh, which which happens typically not from the middle of the fairway, but but you know it is what it is. And then on Friday he bowed out after six holes. Um, terrible coming in. Uh, turns out he had the flu and and needed you know. Needed a bathroom ASAP, uh, so couldn't couldn't continue on the course, uh, which kind of stinks. But but on the upside, at least it wasn't uh, you know back or um, knee or leg related, because uh, I think on on Thursday he had some back spasms coming down the stretch, 
um, probably typical for, for someone of his age and, and, and that all the surgeries, but um, still a little disconcerting. So hope to see him at, at the, at the uh, players here uh, in a few weeks, but we'll, we'll find out uh, about that soon. Another, another kind of weird event that, that happened and, you know, it's kind of with the, uh, you know, these, some of these old antiquated golf rules, uh, Jordan Spieth was disqualified on Friday after he signed the wrong scorecard. Again, you know, uh, they had Xander Shoffley on Saturday and he kind of made it sound like Jordan just signed his card really quick because he, he also had to hit the bathroom ASAP. So once you leave the scoring room, you can't come back in. So uh basically he had signed for a three and and he had actually scored a four on, on number four it just seems like this is something we should we could probably avoid in this day and age i know it's you know i played you know tournament golf in high school and and, and college and and this is something that is kind of you need to have it uh for for that because you want to make sure you know you're keeping track of your score your opponent's keeping track of your score you want to make sure everything lines up um, so that you don't again sign up for a wrong scorecard. Uh, but the you know with the, with the PGA Tour and everyone you know with all the shot tracing, shot tracking, and every group has a score. Like the fact that he signed the wrong scorecard, and then they came out and they're like, "Yeah, he he signed the wrong scorecard. He's disqualified." Like somebody in there knew that he was signing the wrong scorecard. Why didn't he just say, "Hey, you didn't get a three. You got a four and <laughs> and just fix it right there. Like. I don't know. It just seems really like it, I get that it's a rule and I get that he, you know, he, he didn't follow the rule. But like at this point, we should be able to be like, all right, this is what we have you at. What does your scorecard say? Uh, oh, I, I we have a discrepancy. Let's walk through that hole. Oh, yeah, I hit two chip shots and then one putted. So I got a four and not a three. That was my mistake. And fix it like on the spot. So. And you can even go back and look at the video. I mean, it, it's it's all everything's on tape now, so it's kind of crazy that that's still a thing. But it is what it is. Yeah, man. Somebody definitely dropped the ball. But I mean, it's a learn. It's all it's all a learning experience. You know. Yeah. Hopefully, he learns from it and just uh, doesn't become another issue for anybody else or him again. So. Yep. And then uh, this weekend we got the was the Mexico Championship. Yeah. Uh, Mexico, I don't know what they call it anymore, but, uh, it used to be the WGC Mexico, not WGC anymore. So it's, uh, yeah, the Mexico open, something like that. Actually, I have it right here. Um, Mexico open at Vedanta. Uh, it's kind of a cool course. Again, uh, it used to be bigger. It used to have like Dustin Johnson and Rory and, you know, all these guys would play this tournament, but it's kind of in between, I think, I don't, I don't know what's next week, but I, I believe it's in between two, two, uh, bigger tournaments. So this one kind of gets a, a little bit of a dud on the schedule. Uh, so the favorite, I think, this week is Tony Finau. Yeah, next week is the Honda, uh, which is still a meh, I think. Um, but, yeah, you have the Honda, and then you have the uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational after that. Uh, so you, you do have two kind of – you got the Florida swing coming up. So people, I think, start to head, head back east. Um, and, and, you know, the Mexico Open kind of gets, kind of gets put on the uh, – on the back burner, um, unfortunately, but, but yeah, so, so yeah, this week you got Finau in there. Um, trying to think what else they have for, for big names. Uh, yeah, that's really it. Maverick McNeely has been playing well. Uh, Thomas Dietrich's in this one. He's been playing well. So it's, it's a, 
you know, still, still, uh, still a tournament to win that gets you all these exemptions. So, you know, we'll, we'll have a full field, uh, but, but not with the star power that, that, you know, some of these other tournaments have. And uh, who, who, who you like uh, to win this one or like in the top, I, uh, the top I like five? Me, or... I like Mackenzie Hughes. Uh, he's, he's been playing pretty well. He's out of Canada. I like, uh, I do like Dietrich, uh, a Belgian kid who's actually been playing really well as well. He, he was, he was right there at the end of uh, the Farmers Farmers Open at Torrey. Um, so I like those two guys. Another guy to watch is Keith Mitchell, really good putter. And and he's in, in the field here this week as well. A good player. Um, so there's a, there's three for you, Rich. I'm going to check out those lines on those guys. <laughs> and then uh, I think that's it for sports. meal prep going on this week so um but we're gonna highlight the uh the uh, the healthy in and out burger burger bowl uh so i just started with some some uh some potatoes that were just roasted a little bit of olive oil salt pepper garlic let those kind of bake in the oven for 45 minutes to an hour while that's going on uh cut up an onion put that uh, in with uh some some lean ground beef uh, mix that all together, and then on on t- uh, with that uh, as that's cooking down, added some aju sauce, uh, aju sauce packet into that uh, with a little bit of uh, a little bit of beef broth. Kind of got a, a nice uh, got that all mixed up. Uh, so then what you do is you put that on top of the potatoes with a little bit of uh, cheese, a little bit of shredded cheddar, uh, not too much, obviously. Um, and then some, uh, some of the, you know, the homemade in and out sauce. So you got your ketchup, uh, relish, a little bit of mayonnaise, uh, mustard. Um, I think that was really it. Stir that up together. Um, I think it maybe a, a dash of Worcestershire as well. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, been basically you got your, your topping there, you know, put that on top of the, the burger bowl and, and, and you're good to go. You can add like tomatoes and lettuce if you want to but um but for the yeah, cat, put just, some, just the burger yeah i definitely put some tomatoes maybe yeah some more uh, onions in there I'm trying to think mm-hmm. what else maybe maybe lettuce i don't know i feel like uh i don't really trust people's lettuce these days so <laughs> anytime i go somewhere and it has lettuce always lettuce on it i take it off yeah and then uh what'd you guys drink that down with all right so uh and one more from last week that I wanted to to hit um, because I, I I did like the can and maybe you're familiar with this but it's uh, it's from Bronx Brewery it's called uh, Smile My Guy um, so oh yeah basically you know that one yep uh, so it basically just has a smiley face I saw it at the uh, Chelsea Market when I was there grabbed one to take home with me uh, hotel room um, it's a citrus uh, based session uh, IPA uh, so it's only it only comes in around five percent. Um, you know, citrus, obviously with the, uh, the, uh, sorry, citra, sorry, it's not citra hops. I thought it was citra hops when I bought it. This, this is, this is the road I went down. So I thought it said citra, it said citrus, which confused me when I, I, you know, I was 
kind of rushing around with the with some colleagues. Uh, the hops are actually mostly West Coast, so you got Cascade, Centennial, um, some I hadn't heard of, uh, Ar- Ariana, Comet. Um, so definitely a lot of different hops in this. Uh, I don't know. I I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't like it. I've had Bronx <laughs> Brewery. I've had Bronx Brewery before. Um, I've i I really like some of their beer. Uh, I had some on tap while I was there at the Chelsea Market. I thought it was good. Um, just did not like this one for some reason. And then, and I don't know, you know, I, I got it at the market, so I don't know if it was like an older can or, or, or what. Um, I just, I don't know. It, it wasn't, it, it wasn't very citrusy. Um, it kind of tasted a little stale. I don't know. It just didn't have the flavor. Like, you know, when you look at these crushable IPAs, you expect to have a little bit less flavor. Um, but I just felt like, you know, most of the flavor that I would have expected was not there. Um, so I, I give this one a 6.1. Hey man, but it's down. And, and the, you get an extra couple of points there because, uh, I do like the can. Yeah. The, the design, I know the design and stuff on it is nice. Um, yeah. I feel like it's a, kind of a spring summer type of beer. Um, it is. Yeah. But yeah, it didn't, uh, it didn't tickle my fancy, man. Gotta get us back on track next week, man. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got some, I got some, uh, some imports coming in. So we'll, we'll uh, we'll see. Oh, nice. And then uh, it's JD's Bites and Brew, everybody. And then uh, this week for the BRRs, you know, finishing up our staple shows. We had True Detective. They wrapped up the season with, uh, you know, episode six. Um, they wrapped up. They gave us a lot of a lot of the uh, stuff we were looking for. Except for that damn spiral, man. Yeah, I I I didn't hate it. Like, I didn't hate the finale like some, some people did. My issue, a couple of my issues with it were, yeah, the spiral, like, Okay, like cool, we got the spiral, and and apparently that's like the uh, the symbol for everyone living in the ice, you know, or, or everyone that's lived in in the ice at some point. I don't know, kind of that was kind of stupid. Um, but the, the one thing that bothered me is like they had all these flashbacks throughout the season and of uh you know what happened at Salal, you know, even like the videos like. You're expecting like him to be looking at some sort of ghost or something, right? But in reality, does he see the the um, cleaning crew coming in and then he bolts? Like, is that what ha- is that what happens? You know, like how does how did he get out ahead of that before you know everyone else basically got got ramrodded by this uh, the cleaning crew that that uh, you know is is doing that. Well, I think they also tried to say he was like semi-possessed at one point, um, because you remember when Navarro had that flashback and it showed him mm-hmm. like, like phasing out, like Mister uh, Mister Smith. Yeah. And then, then the power went out, and then that's when he like jumps into the um, like in, into the hatch. So maybe he was scared of like what was going on, like at that part. Then it, that caused him to jump in the hatch. Uh, it I don't seem know. Too too coincidental. Yeah. To me. But I mean, ultimately, uh, ultimately it was a good season. Like I said, I felt like they, the spiral, the the spiral stuff storyline. I feel like they're saving it for another season, and uh, maybe maybe this was like the mid part of it for us to understand what it's for, uh, because the scientists were trying to you know, um, you know, extract some kind of DNA from it to. Uh, help prolong people's lives or some, you know, some kind of, you know, medical discovery. 
because um, mm-hmm. they work for uh, I forget the the family's name, but the the corporation, whoever it's it's owned by the family um, that the the son was the killer in the first season. So got it. So they did they did uh, have like a situation where their information got um, tainted and destroyed from the other girl before she got killed. But there's also they also went back to finish it. So I wonder. My question is if if they finished it or not, and what like what information uh, was sent to the um, the corporation because the corporation didn't even try to like go back. They they blew up the uh, the hole so nobody else goes down there. So I felt like they already got what they needed. So, mm-hmm. but we're gonna have to wait and see to see if it uh, connects to another season. Yeah, and then outside of that, you know, watching some other shows. You got Tokyo Vice uh, season two. They're on like episode three or four right now. Uh, good show, man. Some something I want to check out, but you just got to pay attention due to the language switch up between English and uh, Japanese. But ultimately, ni- nice little show. It's gonna uh, keep me occupied for a few weeks. Yeah. Then we had uh, Love Is Blind. They put out the first six episodes. You get a chance to see that. I haven't watched it yet. No, not yet. Still watching the uh, murders in the only murders in the building. Okay, okay. Yeah. So when you, let me know when you get to it, man. Some uh, funny stuff going on in there. <laughs> then we got uh, Halo Season 2. I'm liking the second season. We got a lot more actors, um, better writing, a lot more special effects. Um, it's more engaging. So uh, definitely uh, looking forward to seeing how the season plays out. Something you might want to check out when you get a chance as well. Okay. And uh, caught a few movies. Caught, uh, caught Oppenheimer out. Um, did you get you get a chance to finish it? I didn't. I actually didn't finish it yet. I I kind of forgot about it to be honest. I got to go back and finish it. Okay, it was a, it was a decent movie, man. Um, I don't want to tell what happens, but you know, um, yeah. some of it's some of it's like history. Some people know it, um, but um, it was interesting. Yeah, it's the, I mean the the first hour and a half was was really cool. Um, it's it's kind of weird, like how how times were back then and how like uh how like people viewed the communist party and and mm-hmm. and just like how political things were at that time it's almost like i'm not gonna say it's almost like where we are today but like people were just like so defiant uh in, in certain against certain um political beliefs and things like that that they just like even the, even oppenheimer's partner there in the lab was like I, I can't, I can't, I can't deal with you in politics right now, kind of thing. Like, let's just go get a beer. Um, yeah, man. To me, it just, it just uh, reinforces my my thoughts on, I'm gonna say, America back then, America in general, using the word communism to put fear into people's hearts. Yeah. Um, because you know that's how they got Pablo Escobar, but he wasn't even a communist. They tried to say he was in order for them to get into. The, an investigation in order to get them. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, the whole fact, the whole fact that they started branding some of these scientists as communists when they really didn't, weren't really communists at all. They just, you know, came right. to America for a better life. Yeah. Um, but due to their past ties with them coming from communist countries, you know, it wouldn't allow them to get the praise that they deserve uh, when it came to certain stuff. So. Right. Or or even like with Oppenheimer not being able to get clearance right away because 
you know, because of the people he hung out with. Like, even though mm-hmm. he was, you know, kind of very open about his his kind of stances on things, but they still wouldn't give him a clearance right away. Yeah, it was all it was all about control. They really wanted to control him. Um, oh yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. But not bad for a three-hour movie. It kind of goes quick. It doesn't need. Really, didn't really yeah. seem like three hours. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of action. It's like nonstop. There's no real slow parts, at least not in the first 90 minutes. Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. So, um, it was good. Um, then he caught the uh, beekeeper. It wasn't bad. Um, some good action scenes. Uh, not not too many. Not the best acting between some of the characters. Um, you know, Jason Statham is one of the main focal characters in the movie, but obviously he doesn't talk that much. He just uh, beats people up. Um, so they kind of figure it out, figure it out, hit the mole with him. Yeah. Uh, when they put him in movies, just let him fight, don't let him talk. <laughs> but then there were like some of the cops, they were like bad actors or like just bad lines, like some of a cop wouldn't say. Um, yeah. But I mean, it wasn't a bad, it wasn't a bad movie. Um, or like a 6.5, something you could watch if okay. you're just looking for something to watch, something random. Um, it wasn't bad though. Then uh, checked out Madam Web. This movie was bad, man. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what Sony's doing over there, but uh, it just seemed like I don't know, man. The, the whole like backstory for Madam Web. Madam Web is like a, a mutant who has like uh, powers to see the future and some other stuff. Um, most people have seen her in you know the Spider-Man cartoon, but the backstory they had for her in this movie was like kind of was way different than what the what it normally is. Um, then they had the villain who somehow he has a Spider-Man type suit, but he never wore a Spider-Man type suit in the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, then the flat like the previews they show of the different Spider-Woman. I mean, they show that in the movie for like thirty seconds. Majority of the movie, the three girls are just in regular clothes. They don't have powers. They're just on the run. So it's very misleading. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it just seems like Sony Sony's attempt to like gear up to have some kind of Spider-Man. Because, I mean, this is the only thing DC, uh, not DC, uh, like Disney doesn't have any control over, you know, these type of characters that they're doing. Because the deal they only made is with Spider-Man. So, mm-hmm. Um, it just like it just seems like their attempt to get some kind of Spider-Man thing going on their side, uh, so they can like run more stuff and put Spider-Man here and there, uh, without having to worry about um, Disney's approval. But this was bad, man. This was real bad. <laughs> this was real bad. The acting was bad. The costumes were bad. It was just bad, man. I do not plan on watching it. Thank you, Rich. Yeah, yeah I don't. Sony needs to be sued for this, man. This is crazy. <laughs> they should just give everything to Disney and say, hey, we'll take a cut. You can do what you want, man. Right. Because, like, right, right. what they're doing is just so, it's just bad, man. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's like what, they're do, what they did to the X-Men. Like, the first, like, one or two X-Men were, were good, and then they just got out of control. Yeah. So, we're probably going to have to wait. We're probably, they, they're probably going to never give this up, but if, ever, mm-hmm. if it ever does roll back to uh to disney then um it'll be a long time before they fix this yeah they need some help and then outside of that i mean we got a uh, shogun coming up uh i think next week mm-hmm. so that should be that good good and then um 
Netflix is uh, Avatar coming out too. Uh, I haven't really heard of any reviews on it, mm-hmm. but it's going to be big budget. So hopefully it's good. So that'll give us uh, some things to watch for the next few weeks. Um, outside of that, wasn't really much else, man. Yeah, it's still quiet out there. Yeah, I got to find some more stuff, man. Yeah, I do want to watch that. I'm, I'm still letting it build up at the uh, World War II pilot show on Apple+. Plus. Um, I, I do want to watch that. But but yeah, other than that, not much out there that, that I've, uh, I've I've seen. Yeah, those are those are the only two I've really seen, and then uh, um, I think every there's a few stuff in March, but um, mm-hmm. wasn't really much though. That's all I got, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Until next time. Till next time, Rich. I want to thank y'all for rocking out, being on the Sports Sidebar podcast. Give y'all something to ride out on. 